So, Junior, you tell me what we're going to say to the judge who wants you to stop smoking pot. What are we supposed to say so the judge says, oh, okay, well, you should be able to keep smoking pot. Mental health and addiction are largely misunderstood. We often struggle in silence, but there is hope for a better life. I'm Trevor Steinhauser, and this is Stigmatized. I'm here with Thomas Cox today. I appreciate you being here. First oh, of all, glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So we were we were uh, introduced by a mutual friend, and um, I was excited to to link up with you and, yeah. and get a chance to to spend some time with you. So uh, again, thanks for being here. Well, I'm glad to do it. So the Tri D Center, right, is your organization yes. did, that you did you start it? I did. Okay, I did. Can you? Give us a little rundown of what that's all about. Uh, what TriD does is we offer problem solving as an alternative to traditional therapy. Um, everybody has problems, but not everybody's willing to go to therapy. Not everybody wants to go to therapy. Um, well, we don't do therapy. We provide problem solving. So when the wife calls up and says, my husband and I are having problems, but he refuses to go to counseling, my response is, well, what luck? We don't provide counseling. We do problem solving, and it, a lot of it's the stigma mm-hmm. with going to therapy. Um, but again, it goes back to everybody's got problems. Absolutely. The question becomes, what do you want to do about yours? And, and by providing problem solving, it opens the door for it's not the commitment that therapy is, but the commitment is we want to resolve the problem, Yeah. whatever that may be. Right. Very interesting. So you just started this in May. Yes. What did you do prior to that and what and what got you into this field? Well, I, uh, for the last, well, since 2014, I ran a nonprofit agency called Families Matter. Uh, We provided problem solving as an alternative to locking juveniles up. Uh, It was the, uh, the program that we got in on was the state was trying to changed the number of youth that were being locked up out of the community and we provided problem solving as an alternative to locking kids up and did that for like i said since 2014 literally closed those doors the same door the same day i opened tri-d center um because i'm just gonna let you in on a little secret Nonprofit is just that there's no profit to be made um you're based on on grants and and so forth and we did fine with that actually left some money on the table um but people did not value it the way that we wanted them to um and there are people out there who we can help uh and so i'm i'm pursuing now strictly problem solving as an alternative to therapy how are you getting your name out there uh, doing some marketing, doing some social media, doing this podcast, right. uh, any opportunity I have to talk about problem solving, uh, it's an innovation in the mental health care system. Again, people are staying away from therapy in droves. Um, let's see how they respond to to problem solving. And again, it is just not uncommon. I get you know, my, my son smoking marijuana. I want him to stop, but he refuses to go to counseling. Well, one, how is he able to refuse? If you say this is where you want him to go, but we'll go down that bridge at another time. Um, 
we don't provide therapy. You know, let him come in, make his case. Maybe he doesn't need to stop smoking pot. Let him make his case. And then let us do what we do um, because of working with the courts. I know how that operates. So, Junior, you tell me what we're going to say to the judge who wants you to stop smoking pot. What are we supposed to say so the judge says, oh, okay, well, you should be able to keep smoking pot. Jams kids up, but it's a technique, and and that's what problem-solving provides. Uh, Okay, so let's kind of start at the beginning. Obviously, problem-solving is a very broad topic. Yes. When did it develop as far as being in this field? Because it's very interesting because it's it's such a new – I'd never heard of it until I read up. Right. yeah. So, what's the the kind of the background of? I have a uh, I have a master's degree in counseling psych. I have been providing adolescent family services for over thirty years, um, and it just seems like a lot of what I do is help people solve problems. Uh, again, my son's smoking pot. My husband and I are having problems. Um, I'm having. I don't know where to go with my career. Um, I think maybe I have a drinking problem. Well, let's sit down. Let's talk about that. Let's figure out, do you have a drinking problem? How would you define that? Um, what is it that would tell you you have a drinking problem? Um, but it never assumes that you do. It assumes that you've got a problem. Um, what that problem is is something we can sit down and we can talk about. Uh, so, again, a lot of what I do is just answer the phone. And someone would call me, ah, so-and-so asked me to give you a call. You know, Mike said that you might be someone that could help me. Uh, okay, what's the problem? And then we talk about that. Sometimes I bill for that. Sometimes I don't. Well, now I'm set up that the way in which someone would reach out to me is they would simply submit a, a, a problem. Uh, we have a form that we use. They fill that form out. They send it to me, and then I'll respond to it. If you like the response, it works for you, then you've been served. If you like the response but you want more, there's an opportunity for a follow-up. If you still want to pursue it, then let's set up an individual session. The difference between us and therapy is we're finite. There, we're a limited number of sessions that we fully believe in the value of therapy. We fully believe in the value of counseling. Uh, what we want to do is we want to help destigmatize what that looks like so that when when the husband and wife come in and he's adamant he doesn't want counseling, we're going to talk about what value he could get out of counseling and how to get that value. Uh, again, a lot of people have a preconceived notion. You know, my idea of therapy is what Tony Soprano went through. And that was light years different than the kind of therapy that I've done, but it's also light years different than what problem solving is about. Were you in on the ground floor of this, or is this like as your... far as I know, I've started it. Really? Now, again, a lot of people would say, "Well, I'm a therapist; I help people solve problems," and, and I get that. Um, to some degree, we're the difference between auto mechanics and auto maintenance. Everybody needs maintenance. Everybody needs to maintain their vehicles. Everybody needs to, you know, every now and again you get your oil changed. And, I mean, you kind of regiment that stuff. But not everybody has car problems that they have to go in and and commit financial and time-related resources. Uh, If we can resolve this problem in two or three sessions, your problem's been resolved. That's not to say you may not move on to therapy, 
But now what we've done is we've shortcut how long that therapeutic process is going to take because I've already given you some insight. We're going to give you a blueprint that when you go to therapy, these are the things that you want to work on. These are the things that you want to ask about. Uh, and I've just, it's kind of a pre-treatment approach that I've given you some information. Now go get, go get what therapy has to offer, which again, has a lot of value in it. Um, it goes back to our, our, our catchphrase our, 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 is that everybody has problems, but not everybody needs therapy, but everybody has problems. Sure. And too many people, because they're unwilling to do therapy or unwilling to commit to counseling, they don't do anything and the problems just continue. And you got low productivity, you've got anxiety issues, you've got my I'm not my quality of life is suffering because I don't know what I want to do. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Are people latching on to that? I mean, is that when they get presented that alternative, is that a comfort factor for some or most? It has been. It ha again, it's it's don't tell your husband you you want to go to counseling. You got this guy. I mean, I don't know if you have any kids. I've got three kids. I do too. And I've worked with parents long enough. Oftentimes, parents say, "Well, I wish we just had a referee between my husband and I, um, someone that could stand in the middle and tell us what's what's right, what's not." Um, so oftentimes, we can provide that function. Is that we're an objective voice. We don't have an investment in you or your child. We have an investment in helping you resolve the problem. So you run the gamut of substance use, uh, mental health, and, and then all the way into marriage. I don't know if you want to call it marriage counseling, marriage coaching. Marriage and family therapy. Yes. And, and there again, Without it being therapy. Without it being therapy. Yeah. We don't do therapy, but what we do is therapeutic. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and we get that a lot. I, you know, Throughout my career, I've gotten that. Um, and I've done, I mean, I've done the therapy and used to work for a guy that was of the attitude that as long as insurance will pay for it, you keep seeing them. Well, that's why insurance is just a mess when it comes to paying for services. We're out of pocket. We're fairly low cost. Uh, in the, in the therapy realm, we're fairly low cost, but it goes back to, we're not a long-term solution that if we can help you with two or three sessions, cool. If you need more than that, there's therapy and counseling, or you solve it after two or three sessions, but then down the road, something else crops up. We'll just come back in. We'll do another session. We've already, we've already developed a relationship. Let's talk about what else cropped up as a result of that problem, or it's a new problem. Uh, it, my hope is that we make this a process that people recognize that sits at the front end of the therapeutic continuum of care. Again, fully believe in the value of therapy and counseling, but if we were to use problem solving as a way to either avoid therapy or as a way to get people to acclimate to therapy and give it a shot. So do you take people fresh one day and, you know, detoxing? And I mean, is there or is there kind of a a um, method to the madness do they have to be in a certain state of mind prior to coming to see you or if someone has just has, has just gone to detox um, that's kind of a no-brainer therapy is going to be called for 
And what we're, what we don't want to do is we don't want to have you come in to tell you that you need to do what the people who put you through detox really should have taken care of before you got released from detox. And I've worked for a hospital here in the area that does drug and alcohol treatment. If you're in detox, someone is in your ear as to what an intensive outpatient program is about, what or, or maybe you need inpatient for a, a period of time. That should be taken care of in the in the uh, discharge plan. The discharge plan, but it's not uncommon. I've got a, a lady contacted me, said my my boyfriend has a drinking problem. Where can we go? Well, that's easy. Contact the the addiction council, addiction services council, and they and that's a local organization that will hook you up with. Well, but he doesn't think he's got a problem. That's a whole other issue. Let's set up an opportunity. I mean, these are the kinds of things that you want to look at. Has he had any problems with the courts? Has he had any problem with, with children's services? Has he had any problem on the job? Has he had any problems in your relationship? What about his health? Has that been impacted? So you look at those areas, and again, it's if, if he doesn't – if he still doesn't know, then let's sit down and let's look at that. But recognize you're bringing us the information and and it's not uncommon i've done a lot of drug and alcohol treatment it's not a it's not uncommon that people will come in and tell me what they want me to believe and i'll say well you don't have a drug or alcohol problem go back and tell their significant other well i talked to him and he said i don't have a problem well then why don't we bring the the person who thinks that you have the problem let's bring them in and make them a part of this and if it's your girlfriend if it's your boyfriend your significant other um we want to help you resolve the problem. If you're just looking for someone to to rubber stamp your I don't have a problem, well, again, you can do that a lot less expensive than come see me. You yeah. can just make that up and do it on your own. If you're going to come in, we're going to do some we're going to do some serious exploration. Um, do you have a problem? How do you define a problem? And what options do I have available? It's kind of cool because you're you also act as a conduit receiving calls yes. and not saying you got to come in come in and get coaching right. you deploy people where it's best for them right which is well, again they can cool. they submit a question uh, i've got this problem i don't know what to do uh, i'm going to respond to that within a brief period of time it's going to take less than 24 hours to respond to that um, and they've got some follow up questions they'll send a follow up question um, that whole process is $35 $25 for the initial question. Uh, initially, your first question is $5. Uh, I want to charge something so that I don't get some guy sitting around their dorm room. Hey, let's see what he says to this. So, yeah, it's going to cost you $5. I want to make sure you're invested in it. Uh, if you want more, again, our rates are initial question is $25. A follow-up question is $15. After that, then you've got some decisions to make. We can do Skype. We can do FaceTime. We can do, I mean, I, I cannot tell you the number of people who I've met on Facebook. Yeah, so my friend said that you could help me with this problem. And and we didn't bill for it because Facebook isn't set up to do that. Yeah, I think there's a market out there. I think that there are people that will not go to therapy or approach counseling, but will approach problem solving. Do you have people take you up on that third Third question, as far as com finally coming down and, and talking with you? Yes, I have. Okay. Because I'm a recovery coach, and I don't do it much anymore because people – and it's the same – it's a level of care. Yeah. 
you know, residential yes. day treatment, IOP, and this is kind of a bridge. Yes. And, uh, but I field so many phone calls, and if I would charge for the amount of phone calls I get, yes. I'd be doing pretty good. But it's it's hard to do that because you got somebody that's normally in somewhat of a crisis. Yes. And it's hard to say, well, before we talk, right. I know you're calling about your son, but real quick, and you just send me 75 bucks. So right. it is, it, it's, right. it's a touchy it's a touchy thing, but I think there is a market. It's a matter of how do you navigate, you know, th- through it, and because you got to make a living too. Well, and, and you're offering a service exactly, and that's the thing. I'm trying to make problem solving a viable service that people recognize there's a benefit. If you don't recognize there's a benefit to it, then spend your five dollars and move on. Um, but recognize that when I was running the nonprofit. There were too many people that had no money. They couldn't afford it, and we prided ourselves, and we never turned anybody away. And that meant there were many days that I was going into the office, and they would meet with me, and and then I'd never see them again. Uh, I had a mom brought in her two kids, and she's like, well, I don't really think they'll talk to you. Well, that's my specialty is getting kids to talk to me. And uh, and I, we worked out a plan, said, you know, this is the things we're going to do. Here's a plan for you. I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be in the office doing a group on Wednesday. Why don't you and the kids come down? Let's see how this plan is working. And uh, <laughs> she never came. She wouldn't return my phone calls. And so finally I talked to the lady that referred her to me. Oh, yeah, she said she uh, – she did. She thought you got too close to her kids too quickly. They told you what was really going on. She thought you would take more time before you got into it. And to the to the referral agent, I was like, well, I mean, she did realize this wasn't costing her anything. This was free. So that just tells me that there are people that want the help, but they don't value the help. If you're willing to spend a minimum of $5 just to get a question submitted, that tells me you've at least got some interest either do what we suggest or, or don't if you if you need help figuring out how to implement you talk about coaching a lot of people would say it's the same thing with us uh, as is i'm going you know i'm going to talk with you you think your boyfriend needs therapy he doesn't think he's got a problem well how about you approach it this way and i'm going to coach the the girlfriend i'm going to coach the the, the husband this is how you approach your wife and and you ask, or if it's the kids, this is how you would approach the kids. Um, that's what problem solving has to offer, because you know it's it's a it's a level of care. But the, the way mine normally went was, what hi, what do you do? Right. Here's what I do. I'm a you know it's an alternative. It's right. a bridge. It's just another form of care. Well, this is what I'm dealing with. Okay, right. great. I'm going to talk to my husband tonight, right? And I'll get back to you. And it's crickets, yeah. And that's because you don't want to. I'm not as savvy, but it's you know, do you dig in right there? You got to let you got to meet them where they're where they are. Do. kind of a, a thing. But what is the problem that they present? That's what we come up with a solution to. Yeah. And if the problem is how do I get my boyfriend to be willing to come in here? Let's talk about that. Right. Now, problem solving. As I said, it's a broad subject, but it's also broad in your offering because you do a bunch of different stuff. You do age groups. Right. You have a collegiate program. What's what's up with the collegiate? I used to work for a proprietary school, and uh, 
With a proprietary school, oftentimes you get students that are at risk. And what I mean by at risk is they've got barriers that get in the way of their pursuing their education. Um, And working at the school, I offered up Tri-D Center, and this was several years ago. Um, So I've had Tri-D Center for a long time, but it's just what I called the service that I provided. Um, And we did it for one semester, got great feedback. The school, the students knew about it. The school felt, the students felt there was a value to it. Because again, we talked about things like, time management uh, to my my ex won't won't get here on time so I can make it to class uh, I'm afraid to ask my boss off for time and we would strategize how how can you go about accomplishing your educational goals recognizing that you've got some barriers against you um, and we did that for a while that's collegiate corner um, the uh, the other one Shepherd staff is a church-based service. Because I, I, I'm a man of faith, and, and I believe that the church is a venue that can help people. Problem-solving is a way to initiate and engage people. Yeah. That how many of us work with somebody who's having a problem at, at work, with their family life, and here we've got this guy that goes to, in this case, let's say Northeast, that give him a call and he'll respond to it. Well, because we have an account with the church, that's a service that we can provide free of charge to them, and the church picks it up. Again, it's just another option. Yes. Like 12-step or yes. support groups. It's yes. just it's just another option because whatever works for you. Exactly. Whatever you're going to be willing to do. And again, it goes back to, but you said you wanted to resolve the problem, these are the steps you can take to resolve the problem, but let's be real. Plan B can always be, I don't want to do anything. Okay, well, we're good with that. That's your choice. Everybody, we don't make decisions for people. We talk about problem solving, but it really is on the client to do what it is that we talk about. If they do, great. If they don't, well, that that's really up to them, and they have that full freedom and flexibility to do nothing. And there are some that do. When you talk about crickets, a lot of times those crickets are they go and they broach the subject with somebody, uh, my husband, my wife, my partner, my lover, my parents, my kids, somebody, and they're like, no, I'm not interested in pursuing that. And so they don't want to push it. I'm cool with that. I, I get that. That's up to you. We'll be here if and when you're ready to pursue something more. And I get, I've gotten that frequently. Someone's called up and 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 I give them the the benefit of some problem solving, and then I don't see them again for two months, or I don't see them again for three or four years. I've had a number of clients that way that I worked with them three or four years ago with a problem that their daughter was having. Well, now they're having a problem with the son. It's been two or three years. They like the service they got when it was with the daughter. Well, come on back in. Let's have that conversation. Which is parallel to therapy. Yes. The same thing happens. Yes. You know, you think you're yes, good very or you much run so. out of dough. Uh, and it's, you know, then it's maintenance at, yep. at that point. Absolutely. Was it research or kind of um, trial and error that three sessions is a kind of the that, that works? You know, two or three. Um, when I first started out... I do my own work. I don't refer out too much. I'm, I'm actually looking to recruit 
therapists that will go through the training to provide strategic problem solving uh, because I'm able to provide CEUs. We work in an industry that is heavily CEU oriented. Well, I'll provide you CEUs. Um, I need people who I can refer to. Ideally, I want to refer people to someone that's going to be able to take what we do in problem solving and incorporate it into their practice. That's my plan. That's that's how I'm trying to grow this. Uh, again, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try and make something out of what's not there. We're brand new. We're just starting. I've got a base of clients that I've had throughout the years that I've had a good relationship with. Um, I get calls from friends and, and relatives. Well, we are just now in the process of doing the second phase of our website. The first phase was getting people to come to the training. I've got five people who have completed the training. And when we launch in September, uh, I've got five other people that can help me resolve problems. Um, is, is that, does that carry a certification? It I, does not at this point. I, uh, you know, I, uh, I have a master's degree in counseling psychology, and we can go through the vagrancies of certification and licensure. Uh, I think it's valuable from a customer care standpoint, but it's also a racket. It's a game that people play to get certified and licensed that, unfortunately, just having certification or licensure does not mean that I'm going to let you have access to my life. Well, we don't have that just yet. That's something that I want to work towards. And you want to get actual therapists that are either a master's degree in social work or an actual you know, licensed alcohol and drug counselor? Yes, I do. But there's also I, I, a number of people who I've got. I've got a minister that works for me. I've got two um, social service workers. One of them has her master's. The other one's getting her master's. Um, but they both work in either children's services or uh, family court. Um, so bachelor's level people, this is something that bachelor's level people, because it's not therapy. You don't have to have a therapy degree. Um, you need to have experience that we work in an industry with when it comes to children's services that oftentimes the person providing those services is fresh out of college. And it's a job they can get. And it does not pay much. The benefits are almost nil. Uh, and it becomes a revolving door, people in and out. So I want people who have had some experience and know how to engage a client and and has some customer care and some consumer care experience. I provide you training to provide this service. Um, if they want to move on and get certified and licensed, absolutely, more power to them. Uh, but they can still provide this service without certification or licensure. You just need to go through the training and pass the uh, the requirements to be able to provide services. So CEUs, Continuing Education Units. Yes. So you train – now somebody that's off the street, so to speak, out of school that doesn't have any – they just want to learn more. Right. Uh, so CEUs apply to them? Uh, I have people that did not need the, the CEUs. Uh, I've got them to offer them. And if they've got certification or licensure, 
then yes, it will provide those CEUs for them. If they don't need it, then what they're doing is they're getting experience and they're getting the benefit of learning a program. And once this thing takes off, you'll be able to do trainings, hopefully for therapists, because this is another thing I want to talk about. There is stigma within the treatment field. So how how is the official clinical therapy community taking to what you do is it because a lot of it's collaborative it is but it do they do they believe in it do they see it as a threat is it i mean it's very new but i mean how is that i have never had anybody say wow that's not a good idea oftentimes i get is wow that's a really good idea especially because i i differentiate between problem solving and therapy um because i don't want to step on anybody's anybody's territory um, I I promote problem solving as a way to get people into the system to access mental health care services. Uh, once they're engaged, there's I mean there's a wide range of effective treatment approaches that therapy and counseling can provide, for anywhere from marital counseling to drug and alcohol counseling. Um, there are accredited programs. And we want to refer to those programs because we do, whereas I may help you make the decision that you need therapy, I'm not actually providing you therapy. I'm providing you a bridge. You talked about a bridge. I'm providing you that bridge. And again, oftentimes it's the difference between auto repair and auto maintenance. We do auto maintenance. Um, If you need repair, we want to make sure you get to the right person. This is what you want to work on. This is what you want to ask about. So you can simultaneously work with an individual person of concern as well as the parents. So you got an yes. Al-Anon type, you know, thing going and then you have uh, working with the, the person directly on problem solving in two entirely different ways. Which, yes. So it's closed loop in a way, yeah. which is which is very, very cool. You mentioned the courts. So do you if somebody has a felony or somebody has they're going to drug court or you're working with them to say hey let's give this guy an option as opposed to go to jail have them work with me right how does that we'll come up with a plan what what can this person do to to work a successful probation or a successful parole because again recognize that having worked at transitions having worked at at talbert house um, I've had those clients, and I was able to provide this service as a part of their transitions or their Talbert House. When I ran an intensive outpatient program for transitions, I trained my staff in how to do this um, because I think learning how to solve a problem, especially when you've got somebody that's very new to sobriety, they oftentimes come in with a grab bag full of issues. Sure. What we want to do is we want to give them the tools necessary to go through those that litany of problems and recognize that it's one problem at a time. Oftentimes solving problem A takes care of problem D and E, but we still got problem B that we have to address. So now we're addressing that one, which takes care of C, F, G. I mean, it's one of those kinds of things that once you start resolving your problems, you know, again, problems like uh, I haven't had a real job forever, um, I've, the number of people who I've worked with that come straight out of prison have never had a legitimate job. 
Okay, well, let's talk about what it's going to take to get that. You're going to need to get a, a, a some kind of a state ID. You're going to need to get a Social Security card. You're going to need to get a copy of your birth certificate. Those are all problems that we can help you overcome those. Reentry. We, reentry, exactly. Well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, but I'm working with that community because, again, I think I've, I started working across the river uh, with transitions for a serious violent offenders reentry grant with juveniles. And again, a lot of it was working with the parents and working with the kids, resolving relationship issues. You know, people say, well, what kind of problems do you re- do you work with? I don't do auto repair and I don't do plumbing. So <laughs> whatever problem you might have, a relationship problem, a personal problem, we don't really say, well, we don't work with that. Yeah. Um, there are going to be some problems that I may not be equipped for, but I've got staff that is. Okay. So if you're... I'm assuming you know the, a lot of the judges, and yeah. if you're working with somebody that has a felony or coming straight out of prison, working with their lawyer, and they say, okay, I'm going to release you, dude, into the care of Thomas Cox, is three sessions enough for the judge to, yeah. say, to say, okay, because that's when it would be, you know, they would want him to go 30, 60, 90. Right. So how does that work? What I would want to do is I would want to work to train the probation and parole officers as to how to do problem solving, um, how to work with the clients to help them resolve their own problems. That way it doesn't cost them anything. I mean, I'm my, my profit motive is not real strong. I mean, as much as I, I like to be able to support myself – if you can get this service free of charge, I'm all for that. If I can train uh, in, in Kentucky, uh, Children Protective Services is what we call DCBS, uh, um, Department of Community-Based Services. So both states have it. They just call it different things. So if I can train a DCBS worker or a, a, a Child Protective Services worker, they can provide this service. It's problem-solving. It's not therapy. And so as an independent contractor, I've got air quotes up, yes. they can work for them for a specified period of time. They work for them. They already work okay. for them. Right. I mean, it's it's providing this service as an adjunct to what they do on a regular basis. I then become the second job. I, I mean, I've worked in this industry for over 30 years. More times than not, I've had a second gig, a, a contract gig. Well, now what I've done is I've created through Tri-D Center a contract gig that a provider who says, oh, I'd like to I'd like to have my own practice. A number of times someone will ask me for for some input and I'll say, well, I'm working from home today. Really? You work from home? How do you do that? Well, I can show you how to do that. You can work from home. You can solicit clients, have an office for when you need to see somebody, or I've got Skype. I've got FaceTime. There is technology that's out there. One of the bigger problems that we run into is transportation. I just took transportation off the table because I can do FaceTime with you. I can do uh, Skype with you. Uh, and pretty much everybody's either got a, a, a computer or they have a cell phone. Be it clients or people you're training? Uh, training. I've had somebody talk to me about about doing video and taping the training. I really like that person-to-person sure. contact because I need to get to know the person that's providing the services. I got two different trainings. One is a three-hour introduction training 
that you don't know if you want to do this or you just want to be exposed to it, you work at DCBS, you work at Children Protective Services or the Department of Juvenile Justice, and you're interested in what the service can provide, if you actually want to provide the service beyond just, well, I help people solve problems, but I'm able to use strategic problem solving, that's a 20-hour training. That's three days. It's the first day is six hours. There's two three-hour days that come after that. And then there's there's eight hours that's distance learning. Do they come out, and this is what I always used to get hung up on, and it's kind of a just a something in my head. Do they come out of there with something tangible? Yes. A, a certificate that... Or, or what do they come out of there with? They come out of there with they, they've learned a skill. The very last part of the training is I send them sample problems, and they have to respond to it. And there's four. If they need more than that, I've got more than that. Respond to this problem. You've learned a skill, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to practice that skill. When you've mastered that skill... I give you an opportunity to make some money off of it. So there's no piece of paper. Uh, yeah, there's I, I a, that there's a certificate for okay. the CEUs. Okay, all right. Um, are you familiar with the Life Learning Center? I am. Yeah, so I I volunteer down there. But you want to talk about closed loop? I mean, really reentry pros. Yeah. As far as you know, sending them through a program, but they also have like a clothing closet. Yes. They got tattoo removal. They do mock interviews. Yeah. And, and so, and uh, there are people who I refer to the life learning center yeah. because they do things I don't do. Yeah. Which, I mean, you, you sound like you're surrounding yourself building a network. Yes. Which, which will be good. How many people do you have, uh, professionals that, that you're working with now, as far as people that you refer out to five. Five. Okay. Yeah. And, the and five people who provide problem solving services or will when are we open our doors in September. Very and cool. what I mean by that is I've got a marketing campaign that starts in earnest in September and the website will be will be modified and ready to go to service consumers. Like right now, the website is all about getting people to come to training. What I want to do is get it to where people can start submitting questions. Okay, so I'm going to go 180 shift gears completely. You go. You are also a comic. I am. Yes, I am. So, And I've always wanted, you know, I've done some open mic and stuff back in college. And, yeah. Uh, but so much fun. So tell me about, I mean, how'd you get into it? Are you still doing it? Yeah, well, um, yes and, and, and no. Um, yes, from the standpoint that one of the, one of the greatest compliments I ever got, my very first performance my very first attempt at it was at the uh, kentucky school for drug and alcohol studies over in in uh, northern kentucky at nku and they did a talent show and i people have been telling me i've been funding my entire career i went ahead and put a five minute bit together uh and i won cool well okay technically it was third but i was first in the comedy division the other had some students that played these heart-rending songs on their acoustic guitars. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to compete with that. Um, but one of the best compliments was we really, you know, we would like to be in his group. And that's where I do groups. that We call that a, cop, a captive audience. I mean, I just, I did a group before I came up here, filled in for somebody. First time I'd done that group, had six people in there. And you can teach people and you disarm them by making them laugh. Yeah. So, so you're talking about a, a, a therapy group or, yes. a, or a coaching 
therapy strategic group. problem solving group. Right. Okay. Cool. No. Yeah. I'm so, talking. So about... you can infuse, and that's what I try and do with this: is infuse sure. my personality and sure. things like that. But are you doing any official? You know, I used to run stuff? a show uh, out in Florence. I ran one for three years at Shakey's. I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with it, but he had a he had a club out and then. Uh, in Florence, had a, a monthly show for for three years. It was a great going concern. Uh, met a lot of comics in the area. Many of the comics were on my show. Uh, received some shout outs and people doing podcasts or radio mm-hmm. shows. Um, we stopped that. Shaky got shaky and decided to sell his restaurant. And we did the new restaurant for a minute, and he's like, well, you know, I just don't really like having to pay someone to come in and do this. And I said, well, I don't do this for free anymore, so we'll just mutually agree that we don't do it anymore. I've just recently reached out to Rob Wilfong, uh, who runs shows throughout the area, and said, you know, I've got some material that I want to work out. I'd, I'd like some stage time. He offered me some. I ran into a family issue that my son's birthday, and they're all wanting to get together. Um, so I'm still working with Rob to get a show because I've got material that it's not appropriate in a group to test out new material. Um, unless you say, okay, guys, you're supposed to laugh at this. Um, it does help if they have a drink. I'm just making that up. Is it, is it across the board? Is it, is it geared towards recovery? Just family. Really? My material is mostly family stuff. Uh, again, I've got... Uh, a 33-year-old daughter, a 32-year-old son, and then a 21-year-old son who will be 22 next month or next week. Um, and then I've got a, an old, an elderly father who is a constant source of new material. <laughs> we're driving down, literally, we're driving down to Nashville, and I've got one of those phones in my car that, that comes through the speaker. And we're driving down to to Nashville, and my sister calls, and I look over, and Dad's yelling into the vent, thinking that's <laughs> – and it's like, oh, my gosh, I got to get on stage and tell people about yeah. this. This is hilarious. Yeah. And that's the kind of, you know, have your pen yeah. at your bedside yes. in the middle of the night so you remember that kind of stuff. Yes. But you got to be able to make light. Same thing with with this. I, I I struggled with, okay, such heavy material, yeah. and family is such heavy material. you got to be able to make light of your situation, yes. even if in the beginning it's tough. Learning how to laugh is huge. Yeah, and, and like you said, can. Right. coming into your group and getting people to laugh that haven't laughed in right. ever. Right. You know, it, that, I mean, uh, laughter and, you know, the best medicine, Absolutely. They, they say. so. Absolutely. That's... uh. And it's not uncommon you get the client that's in there just to scowl at you. Um, I tend to have a lot of fun with them. Uh, but then by the same token, you also know the client's not to have fun with because they're not getting it. And they yeah. don't want to get it. So you back off. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. So one last thing. Back to serious talk, so to speak. The show has a big emphasis on stigma. We've talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But in a nutshell, what's your thought on on stigma as it relates to mental health, addiction, what you do, and... You know, it goes back to uh, Dr. Satcher uh, released a report back in 2000 that listed the three biggest problems with accessing the mental health care system is stigma, who to connect with, and the affordability. 
um, stigma is still number one. Uh, people are staying away from services and droves. Um, people who can genuinely be helped um, will never seek that help. And, and I think that it's an ongoing problem. I think that you'll always have the enlightened few that have either had a good experience, but then by the same token, I had a mother call me up and said, uh, I've got a nine-year-old son who he keeps hitting me in the head with a rubber mallet. He said, she said, he's doing it right now. She goes, I don't know what to do. I said, make him stop. She said, well, his, his therapist, he was in therapy already, said, if I do that, he might think he's a bad kid. I said, well, he's not a bad kid, but what he's doing is not healthy. It's not good. Make him stop. Um, Part of that stigma we bring on ourselves, and and again, there are people who I would not not allow to therapize my dog if I owned one, and I don't. But if I did, I would not want that person to work with them, and that's one of the things that I'm trying to do through Tri D Center is find good therapy, good therapists because there's a lot of really good ones out there, mm-hmm. and trying to connect them with. And there's a lot of new ones that are out there looking for clients. Uh, well, let's get you hooked up because you have a benefit to offer them. And yeah, there are some. I was. I've been fortunate. Typically, I'm the one that people will come to and stay with. Um, but then there's some that that are not fans of mine, and I get it because I ask you to do something, and if you don't. I do not take ownership that your problem's not been resolved. Have you done what we asked you to do? No, because I didn't agree with it. Well, okay, then I'm not sure why you're upset with me. Go find someone that you do agree with because there's someone out there that can help. It's getting people to actually look for them. That sounded very arrogant, and I didn't mean to. No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. But you talk about somebody that can't therapize your dog. Uh, You know, therapists need therapists. Yeah, I mean, everybody needs I've somebody. I've been a couple times. Yeah. Oh. Reality check. Oh, yeah. I, I can't even begin to count the times I've been. But, it, you know, in, in all levels of care, it it helps. But, yeah. Um, well, this has been great. I've enjoyed and, it. Yeah. Thank and you. Time flew. But I want to thank you again for doing this. Absolutely. And I'd love to keep thank in you. touch with you. Absolutely. And we'll put all your – we'll splash Tri-D Center all over the place with uh, – I appreciate that. Yeah, on the on the website and, and all that good stuff because I think it's a valuable thing. I think it's new, kind of like coaching's new. But it's very – when I read it, I was – it was very interesting because yeah. it's – it is another way to, to help people that they yes. might not uh, – they might not know about. So – Okay, that's uh, that's, that's all we got. That's a wrap. All right. Thanks for listening. I want to thank everyone that makes this show possible. Production by Gwen Sound, artwork by Neltner Smallbatch, and photography by John Willis and Lindsay Steinhauser. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review. Visit our website for more information at stigmatizedpodcast.com. dot